Welcome to r slash let's not meet where OP has a close encounter with an escaped murderer. A little backstory. When I was 19, I lived with my mom in a ranch style house on a road that backed up to a large field. On the other side was the main highway. About half a mile down from me was a loony farmer and about a mile on the other side of me was pretty much a crack house. I guess someone used to live there, but it was run down. I will say that the crackheads were pretty quiet. Other than those two houses, we were isolated. At the time, I was working full-time and going to school full-time. One of my classes ended at 10.30pm. I often wouldn't get home that day of the week until about 11.15ish. I was driving home one night and noticed some guy walking down the road. He had a yellow shirt and track pants. I remember his outfit because it was stupid. It wasn't weird to see people walking down my road because of the whole crack house thing, but I instinctively looked over at him when I drove past. He turned and smiled and waved, which freaked me the F out. So I speed the half mile home and pull into the driveway, weirded out. I made sure all the doors and windows were secure and then sat on the couch to be a paranoid freak and wait to make sure the dude walked past my house. Except he didn't. And there was another guy with him, dressed in darker clothes. They actually walked up my driveway and started playing around with my car, testing the handles and stuff. In my hurry, I forgot to grab my phone from my car. So I was kind of worried that's what they were after until the guy in yellow started approaching my door. I'm freaking out, so I go and wake my mom up. She's bleary and I'm trying to explain the situation when we both hear the doorknob turn very slowly. Good thing it was dead bolted. She got out of bed, walked to the door, and then yellow shirt knocked. I perched up on the couch so I could get a good look at him and his friend, still in the driveway. The porch light was on because of the sensor. Yeah, my mom said. You dropped your wallet. I told my mom that I had my wallet. It was in my purse. So she calmly told him that she had her wallet and it was too late to be knocking on people's doors. I remember perfectly what he said next, even though this was about six years ago. Okay, I'm not a bad guy, just so you know. We were all pretty still. No one moved. Not even the guy at the door. Not even when the porch light went off. Then he tried the handle again. My mom told me to call the cops so she could get the gun and I told her I didn't have my phone so she walked to the kitchen to grab hers from the charger. She handed me the phone and walked to the bathroom, stared out the window into the backyard. Then she went to her room to grab her Ruger. I was talking to the cops and explaining the situation all while watching these two guys, explaining that there were two suspicious guys at our door when my mom came back out and said, one in our backyard, two which explained why she had looked out the bathroom window. She glimpsed him from the kitchen and went to get a more discreet look. My mom walked back over to the door with her gun and loudly said, If he tries the handle again, I'm going to open the door and shoot him. F knows why she said that instead of waiting for the cops to arrive, but the guys took off down the road. I told her and she rushed to the bathroom where the guy apparently in the backyard saw his friends running down the road and sprinted off too. They were going in the direction of the crack house. The cops searched our house in our yard and went to the drug house, where they found five dudes hanging around. One was the yellow shirt guy, and I'm assuming his friends were with him. They did get arrested, and nothing weird like that ever happened again, but I was on the edge for a while. 
I still make sure the doors are locked at all times every day, even though I live in a much nicer area now. Anyway, sorry it was a bit anticlimactic. The dudes got caught. Either way, weird guys who told me you found my wallet, let's not meet. Our next Reddit post is from Titan. I was 21, recently became a police officer, and was also recently dumped. So my friend suggested Tinder. As a 21-year-old and new cop, I had the I'm invincible and I can take on anyone mentality. I matched with a very good-looking, out-of-my-league female. We chatted and eventually set up a date to meet. She said she had a great open field to look at stars and hang out, and we could meet up at her house. So the night came. I was excited and she seemed to be excited when I picked her up. She guided me to the field and it looked nice. Open space, woods, deer, and other wildlife. In the field, I noticed really dim headlights in the distance. Then the van started driving towards us and pulled up in front of us, almost close enough to block me from going forward. I told her to stay in the car and I'll go say hi. I grabbed my flashlight I had in the car and walked up. In the front driver's side of the van, there was a decently sized man. I asked him what's going on and if he could back his car up a little bit. He was very polite, said he was the owner of the property and said he didn't mean to scare us. He told me he's been having trouble with poachers on his property and just wanted to make sure we weren't going to be shooting at anything. I assured him we only came out to look at some stars and wildlife. He was perfectly okay with that, told me to have a nice date and drove away. After that, the girl was texting nonstop. Around an hour later, I saw headlights coming towards us again, this time at a really fast pace. We hopped in the car and I moved it to a more defensive position. The same man came close enough to almost hit my car. She hopped out of the car at that point and ran towards the guy. I immediately knew I was effed. I got out and gave them commands to back up and get on the ground. Neither of them complied, obviously. He then proceeded to charge me and knock me to the ground. Luckily, I was able to get him on his back and get up. I saw my date grab a metal pipe from the van. She told me they had a gun and to give them my money and truck and I won't get hurt. Of course, with my I'm invincible mentality, I said no. She started to cry and saying they didn't want to hurt me. He then started to go back towards the car. At that point, I told them I was a cop, drew my concealed firearm, and told them to lay on the ground. After a moment of shock from all of us, they complied. I was able to call 911, tell them my name and badge number, and say I had two at gunpoint and needed backup immediately. I gave our dispatcher the best directions I could to this field, and while I was on the phone, they both fled. Again, stupid new cop young guy mentality, I chased them. I took off after the man who ran into the woods around the field. I chased him for maybe 30 seconds and heard three loud pops and saw muzzle flash. My I'm invincible mentality went right out the window. I ran like heck back towards my car and peeled the heck out of there. I went back to the area I picked her up in, called dispatch again, and had officers come to that location. Of course, the first officers to pull up were my sergeant and my field training officer. Of course, they were both completely understanding and didn't give me any flack about it at all. The most used words were moron and stupid effing rookie. I hopped in their car and went towards the field. Luckily, the van was still there. 
I was told to shut my mouth and only come out if they start getting shot at. They cleared the area and started looking in the van. They found meth right on the center console and searched the car. What scared me the most was when my field training officer and sergeant came back to the patrol car, let me out, and told me to come look in the back of the van. Both of them were pale, looking horrified. I went to the back of the van where there were several knives, duct tape, lighter fluid, a decent amount of rifle ammunition, handcuffs, and what looked to be dried blood. In the front seat passenger side, we found an AR-15 style rifle and two more handguns. We called for immediate backup and detectives. When they investigated the blood, it turned out it wasn't blood. The plates had been stolen and the van was a reported stolen. I still get flack about the whole encounter, but luckily no one got hurt. I will never use online dating again. Ever. I can't believe that in the course of this elaborately planned robbery and I assume murder as well, the girl who was honeypotting OP never thought to ask, so what do you do for a living? Our next Reddit post is from Argarant. This happened a little bit ago, about a month, and it was a bizarre experience to say the least. I'm 15 and I was playing some video games before passing out. It was about, say, 11pm when I hear the doorbell ring. Out of instinct, I begin walking downstairs, but about halfway there, rationality came to my mind. Who the frick rings a doorbell at 11pm? I silently strode back upstairs and stood in the hall, kinda expecting something bad to happen. An exact minute later, it rings twice. My parents begin to leave their room and give me a quizzical look, and all I had to respond was a shrug. Then, he starts banging on the door. My mother jumps at the first bang, and my father's eyes widened, but more in confusion than fear. He decided to go downstairs and peep through the view hole. It was our neighbor. My dad hesitantly opened the door, and I could hear my father's voice tremble slightly. Hey, what do you need? Next thing I hear is an entire full-blown scream argument from our neighbor, claiming that this household was his and we stole it from him. My father's uneasiness was quickly replaced with annoyance and he simply shut the door without giving our neighbor the time of day. My dad stepped on the first step going up the stairwell when our neighbor first hit the door. I'm not talking banging with a fist, this man was full body slamming it. My father was stunned for a second and my neighbor charged the door again. This time, we began to hear the splintering of wood. Everyone reacted at once. My father went to brace the door with his body. My mother went to go get the other kids, and I went for 911. The body slamming ensued for another 5 minutes, and while I was on the phone with 911, it stopped. I thought it was over, and I was relieved, but I still stuck on the phone. I go peek out the front window of my house, and boy, was it only getting started. Our neighbor took his Jeep Wrangler and simply directed it straight at our house. We had zero clue what he was doing until he hit the gas and we heard the squealing of tires. Then he immediately hit the brakes. He was trying to scare us out of the house. I was still on the phone with 911 and I stepped away from the window to comfort my siblings, crack jokes and such. Eventually, police arrived and arrested him. The next morning, I left for school, still shaken from the night before. 
I stepped onto our front steps and saw tire marks leading up to our front door. The lunatic actually nearly rammed our door down with his car. I really never want to see this grunt ever again, but he lives directly to my right. F my life. OP, it sounds like your neighbor had some sort of psychotic break. Like, he's actual legitimately crazy. <laughs> you guys really need to move. Our next Reddit post is from Florianizer. I was about 7 years old, my brother about 10. It was well past our bedtime when our mom woke up off the couch to put us to bed. Our dad worked construction out of town back then, so it was often just us three at the house for weeks at a time. Up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents' bedroom. Going left puts you in the middle of a hallway. Taking another left down the hallway led to my brother's room. The opposite end was my room, which was also across the hall from our upstairs bathroom. At either end of the hallway are window doors we always kept locked and rarely used. The door on my end led to a balcony overlooking our front yard, and the door on my brother's end opened to our back porch. The house kinda leans into a small hill. My brother and mom both had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I only knew this because I was always a light sleeper and they just couldn't help flushing with the door wide open. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room and came back towards the bathroom. I'm gonna try to pee before I go to bed. The past few nights, I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom. I keep seeing a man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mom wrote it off as my brother telling ghost stories to try and scare me or if she was already half asleep and didn't catch it, but she didn't react at all to my brother's confession. I, on the other hand, was terrified by it. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the windows is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night. Years later, when I was about 18, my mom and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's tendency towards destroying my shoes and other unruly behaviors when my mom blurted out, Do you remember that time I opened the front door for the cops and Max ran inside to the kitchen and started tearing open that big bag of dog food we had? This really caught me by surprise because in all the years I lived in that house, we never once called the cops. Gun owner family in a quiet, rural, West Virginia neighborhood, etc. I asked her what she was talking about and she looked equally surprised as if she had just revealed something by accident. Oh, that's right. I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night, I woke up hearing noises outside my window and when I looked, I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She went on to describe how turning on the lights caused him to take off running and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember all the details I gave them when they showed up. Tall white male, wearing a striped shirt and jeans, short dark hair, something like that. They said it matched the description of a man they were looking for in the area. It turns out he'd escaped from jail on a murder charge. Now, I know it sounds so obvious hearing those two stories back to back, but it wasn't until a few years ago, in my mid-twenties, that I pieced together that my brother had unknowingly warned us about a murderer who spent multiple nights casing our home. OP, that is horrifying! An actual convicted murderer was casing at a house with a lone woman and two little kids. If your mom hadn't caught that guy, you might not even be alive today. Our next Reddit post is from Sharks Day. 
So last night, I was at a classmate's house working on a group project we have due tomorrow. I live in an apartment in the town where our university is located, and my classmate lives at his parents' house, which is in the foothills just outside of town. In order to get to the house, you have to drive along a relatively secluded and narrow two-lane road for about five to six miles. We started working on the project at about 6 p.m., and I ended up hanging around for a while after we'd finished our work. So I left his house pretty late, at about 11, and started down the road back towards town. I didn't realize how tough it would be to navigate the road at night. There were no streetlights, and the road was unkept and riddled with potholes. On top of this, I had no cell service, so I had to drive very slowly to make sure I didn't blow out one of my tires since I'd used my spare a couple of weeks back. I figure I was about three miles from the house when I rounded a tight corner and saw a pickup truck with a camper shell parked diagonally across the road. The manner in which it was parked completely impeded my path, and I couldn't drive around it because there was a gully on both sides of the road. The only way for me to go at this point was backward, where there was a pull-off that I could use to turn my car around. At first, I couldn't see inside the cab, but when I turned on my high beams, I saw that there was a man slouched over in the driver's seat his head resting against the steering wheel as if he'd been knocked out after a bad accident. I immediately sensed something was wrong, the way his car had just coincidentally come to rest in a position that totally blocked the road was a big red flag for me. I had heard stories of people playing dead in the road as a way to lure unsuspecting people out of their cars so they could rob them. I decided, F this nonsense and elected to go back to my classmate's house and explain what was going on. I threw the car into reverse and kept my eyes darting back and forth between my rear view and the truck. I looked and saw that I was almost to the pull-off where I could turn around. When I looked back, my heart skipped about five beats. The man who had been slouched over in the driver's seat was now walking towards my car at a hurried pace, while a few other men jumped out of the camper shell and started moving towards me as well. I panicked and accelerated backwards into the pull-off, which messed up the undercarriage of my car pretty bad. As I put it into drive, the guy was already at my passenger side door tugging on the handle, which, thank the lord, was locked. I only caught a brief glimpse of him, but his face appeared to be scabbed and leathery. Definitely a meth head or some sort of drug abuser. I sped away and didn't slow down at all until I reached the house, constantly checking my rear view to see if they were following. Thankfully, they didn't tell me, but when I reached the house, I explained what had happened to my classmate and we called the cops. I was grateful that my buddy's parents were kind enough to let me stay the night. They didn't find anyone on the road matching the description, but I filed an incident report and they told me they would be on the lookout for similar vehicles and suspicious activity. But holy cow, I'm still so shook up over it. I keep getting the same adrenaline rush I got when I saw the guy charging me whenever I think about it. Please share similar experiences you've had as I would appreciate a good read or discussion to help clear my headspace. Oh man, I'm imagining in my mind's eye, like picturing looking back behind my car at the road behind me that I'm trying to pull around to. Then turning in front of me and I see a group of guys in my headlights charging towards me. 
<laughs> That's like horror movie terrifying. So this happened about five years ago while I was nine months pregnant. I was Christmas shopping at the mall with my then seven and 15 year old daughters one Saturday night in a very safe city with very low crime rates. There was an Applebee's connected to the mall and we ended our shopping pretty late and the mall stores were starting to close. So I took my kids to the connected Applebee's for a late dinner. We finish up eating at about 10 p.m. and leave out the Applebee's entrance into the practically deserted parking lot with shopping bags in tow. As we got to the car, I was in the middle of maneuvering the shopping bags on my arms to find my keys. When a 50-ish year old crusty looking guy starts walking up from somewhere in the parking lot with shaggy gray white hair and a faded flannel shirt and old jeans. I noticed him briskly approaching when he was about 40 feet away and he said, this is a stick up, give me all your money. My blood ran cold and I stared at him owlishly and shakingly said, what? He then said he was just kidding and came up and stood right next to my daughters who were standing on the other side of the car waiting for me to unlock the car to let them in. He starts making small talk with me and my girls. He's asking things like if they were being good girls for Santa, how old they were, if we got all our Christmas shopping done, what kind of things did we get, etc. He didn't seem drunk, high, slow, or mentally challenged at all. He was very coherent and seemed of sound mind. Mind you, I was a heavily pregnant woman, alone with my two daughters in a mostly deserted parking lot at 10 o'clock at night, who was being approached by a stranger who came and stood right next to my kids on the other side of the car, just shooting the breeze, talking to me and my kids with his hands in his pockets and occasionally looking over his shoulder. I didn't want to aggravate him, so I was politely conversing with him and trying to look calm and nonchalant while trying to disguise my frantic hands digging inside my giant purse for my car keys. This exchange went on for a couple minutes while he periodically kept looking over his shoulder. I was silently panicking and trying to politely keep the situation from escalating by calmly and nonchalantly talking to him while also trying in vain to find my freaking car keys to get us out of there. They were in there hiding good. I felt that at any moment he was going to pull a knife or gun or rob me and my kids were right next to him, away from their mother on the other side of the car and I couldn't find my freaking car keys to get my kids into the safety of the car. He kept trying to engage them in conversation and I could see that my oldest daughter was a little weirded out and she kept glancing at me to gauge my assessment and reaction to the situation. Kids often tend to not recognize potential danger when they're with their parents since they see us as their protectors. And being that he was only talking and acting friendly and I was doing my best to stay calm, they were oblivious to the alarming situation we all were in. And being nine months pregnant and that I was no match for this full grown man, especially if he was hiding a weapon on him. While still desperately digging for my keys, I tried to politely give him hints that the conversation was over by saying things like, it was nice chatting with you, but I gotta get these kids to bed, and it was nice meeting you, and telling my girls to say that it was nice meeting him too. My polite attempts to get this guy to leave weren't working because he kept sidestepping my attempts and asking them what their favorite school subjects are and how nice young ladies they were, etc. while I was struggling with the shopping bags and digging in my giant cluttered purse for the car keys. 
my outgoing seven-year-old was completely oblivious to how not okay the situation was. Because he was being friendly and because of the whole, I'm with mommy, so I'm safe child mentality. So she started to talk about what she picked out for daddy for Christmas and started enthusiastically talking about kid stuff and asking him if he knew what Minecraft was, etc. and keeping this creep from leaving us alone by keeping him engaged in conversation. They didn't realize that I was becoming desperate to get them the heck out of there. Then I suddenly felt this sinking feeling of dread when I realized that I may have lost my keys in the mall and that we were stuck outside with this strange man who kept looking over his shoulders and was showing no signs of walking away. And I was thinking that he was waiting for the perfect moment to pounce. All he had to do was grab one of my girls and threaten their life, knowing it would make me do whatever he wanted as long as he wouldn't hurt them. I started to feel my adrenaline start to spike, and my heart and stomach started doing flip-flops. And I felt like at any moment, stuff was going to go down as the gravity of realizing that there were no other people or witnesses around and that we were totally alone with him. And at that moment, the odds were stacked against us and that he has his chance. Then he all of a sudden was like, okay, it was nice talking with you. See you later. And walked off in the same direction from which he came. It wasn't until then I found my car keys and unlocked the car and told my kids to get in fast. And I got in too and locked the cars and started the car and drove the heck out of there. My 15-year-old lightheartedly and jokingly said, Okay, that was weird, and laughed. I was overwhelmed with relief and then I was confused over what just happened. I thought to myself, why the heck would a guy of seemingly sound mind think it totally acceptable to go out of his way just to approach a woman and her kids in a deserted parking lot late at night just to chit chat? But being that nothing bad happened, I brushed it off and joked about it too. When we got home, my husband greeted us and asked how the shopping went, and I said it went well. And my 15-year-old told him what happened in the parking lot and how weird it was and was kind of just joking about it. I started joking too, saying how I was mentally having a panic attack while trying to look calm. And I started making fun of myself by telling my husband how I was attempting to inconspicuously rummage through my purse to find my car keys. My husband went completely white and I acknowledged his horrified look of alarm and I assured him that, albeit creepy, the guy was just talking and eventually left on his own. Now, my father-in-law is a retired sheriff deputy and my husband went through police academy training after graduating high school. He decided to go to business school instead of becoming a cop. And from the knowledge he gained from that, plus growing up with a cop for a dad, I found out why my husband looked absolutely horrified when I told him the details. What my husband told me completely rattled me to the bone. My husband told me that he was 100% sure that the reason why the guy was hanging around us and chit-chatting was because he was waiting for me to unlock my car. And the reason why he was standing next to our kids was because once I unlocked the car and the kids started to get inside, he was most likely going to force himself into the car with the kids and hold a knife or gun to them to gain leverage on me to force me to cooperate, knowing that I wouldn't abandon my kids, which would force me to get into the car with him and do whatever he wanted me to do, which most likely would be to drive to a remote location to do God knows what. 
and being that he wasn't wearing a mask suggested his intentions were to also leave no witnesses to identify him. I then remembered that he was positioned by the backseat passenger door where my seven-year-old was standing by waiting to get in. My husband then told me that the most likely reason why the guy ended up leaving was because it took so long for me to find my keys. And the longer it took, the more anxious and spooked it made him. And that whole time, I was desperate to find my car keys, which through some sort of divine intervention stayed hidden in my purse, thus saving us from potentially being abducted. OP, I bet the reason why that guy said that this is a robbery and then came up to you and said it was a joke was because he thought you were about to open the car. And then when he got closer, he realized that you were still searching for his keys, so that's why he made that terribly creepy joke. Our next Reddit post is from Alcoholic Cat Lady. For six months last year, I lived in the north of Spain. About a week before I was going to move back to Ireland, my friend and I were at my house having dinner and drinking a little. I was renting an apartment in the city, and my roommate was an older lady, maybe in her 50s? I'm 20. That night, my roommate left to go have dinner with her friends. About a minute after she left, someone buzzed our door to be let into the building. I looked at the camera and didn't recognize the woman. She looked to be in her late 20s to early 30s, so I just assumed it was one of my roommate's friends and she was coming to meet her or something like that. I buzzed her into the building, assuming they would meet in the lobby. At first, I didn't buzz her in because I didn't recognize her and she walked away from the door. But then I hit the buzzer as soon as she walked away and then I, myself, walked away from the camera, meaning I couldn't see if she actually entered or not. Assuming that if she did enter, she would just call or text my roommate. Boy, was I wrong. This woman came up to my apartment building on the sixth floor. She came up just two minutes after my roommate left, so I know she didn't take the stairs. And I know they must have seen each other when my roommate got off the lift and the lady got in. Realizing that this is weird, I do not open the door when she rings it. I look through the peephole just to confirm that it was nobody I knew. At this point, I back away from the door and gesture for my friend to be silent. We creep back to my room, which is at the far side of the apartment, and I begin calling my roommate, who isn't picking up. Meanwhile, the lady is incessantly ringing my door. My roommate isn't picking up, and my friend is just telling me to open my door. In her mind, it's a woman, so she must be harmless. I tell her she's an idiot for underestimating the female sex. Women can be criminals too. She keeps telling me to open the door, and I refuse. The door keeps ringing. I keep looking out the peephole. At this point, I understand that if she knew my roommate or was looking for someone specific, she would just call or text them. She didn't take out a phone at all. She just stayed eerily silent. Didn't call out any names or ask if anyone was home. This was weird to me. I finally get through to my roommate. She says she wasn't expecting anyone and that she doesn't know anyone in that age range. She asks if I'm okay and I say I'm fine. Now, it's been at least 20 minutes. I know the lady knows someone is home because the lights are on and my understanding is that's why she's not leaving. I continue watching her through the people and see her go into the lift for a minute and then come back out again. The lift is really loud and I would have heard it move. It didn't. She just went in and came out. In my mind, this means someone is in the lift waiting for her. This screams sketchy to me. After about 40 minutes, she leaves. I run to her hall and flick on the outside camera. 
The lady left the building with two men. They all had backpacks on. I will be eternally grateful for trusting my instincts and not listening to my friend. Sometimes it's better to be safe than sorry. Creepy lady with henchmen, let's not meet again. What I want to know is if the backpacks looked full or empty. If they looked empty, then it was probably just a robbery. If they looked full, that means they probably had stuff like duct tape, rope, weapons. That would have been a lot worse. Also, my theory for why she was ringing the door but staying silent is that if she was yelling, it would have attracted the attention of neighbors. But neighbors can't hear the doorbell, so that was her way to accost you without drawing attention. Super sketchy. Our next Reddit post is from Cash the Quick. My name is Corey with an I. Not Corey with a Y or Corey with an EY. Corey with an I. A usually feminine spelling of a name for a guy. Not that I mind much of the spelling or so on of what my parents gave me. A few years ago, I had just been let go from my first job out of college. It had been pretty good money, but the company went under, so I started applying to every job I could find, as you do. Indeed, Monster, even Craigslist. One Craigslist job in particular was based on the outskirts of the city I lived, but I was ready to take anything. The job in question was some basic data entry and assistant work. At least, that had been what the job listing said. I thought it was on the up and up, however, because this was one of the few Craigslist postings that had a website attached to it. It was a pretty basic website in retrospect, but the company message seemed to make it sound like they were heavily about serving the city and facilitating volunteer work. Within minutes of applying, I got a response inviting me for an interview that same day though it titled me as a Miss Corey. I was going to respond to correct them, but it read that it was an automated response, so there would be no one to read it. I figured I'd just have to correct them once I got there, and again, didn't seem like a big deal. I'd gotten this once or twice before. I drove to the location the company website was listed, and it didn't seem too out of the ordinary. It was the second floor of a small building that was sandwiched in between a pawn shop and a phone store. I didn't think too much of it because this was a big city and even if this is on the outskirts of the city, a job is a job. I looked up to the second floor of the outside and saw someone looking down at me. I couldn't make out the face, but it was a person. That much I'm sure of. I went inside of the building and took the elevator up to the second floor and didn't find a single soul. It looked like a half-finished office floor from what I remember, with some doors opened and some locked shut, but there was simply no one to speak to. No one to inform that I was here. There was one cubicle, but one of the detachable walls had been left in another office room. There was a computer monitor in one room, but no desktop attached to it. A half-finished company banner and a bookcase. On closer inspection of the bookcase, all the books weren't books at all, but a cardboard printing of a bunch of books stacked together. I finally had too much and called the phone number that had been on the website, but I heard no phone ringing from where I stood. More so, the phone I called seemed to cut my call off after a ring and a half, sending me straight to voicemail. Sufficiently creeped out by now, or wondering if I had stumbled on something I shouldn't have, I took the elevator down. As the elevator door closed, I heard someone muttering angrily. I thought that was a girl's name. I didn't want to stay to find out who said that. Instead, I walked right back to my car and drove back home, not even daring to look back up at the window of the floor I was sure I had been scheduled for. 
That very evening, out of morbid curiosity, I checked Craigslist. The posting was gone. I looked for the website. It had been disabled. To this day, I still wonder what or who did I stumble on. My greatest regret is not calling the police about this. Here's an even creepier detail that you might not have noticed. The email referred to OP as Miss Corey, but OP also said that it was an automated email. There's no reason an automated email would call OP Miss Corey unless he had entered in his information that way. That means a real person wrote that email and wrote it to make it look like an automated email. That was r slash let's not meet. And if you want to scare off potential predators, be sure to wear official r slash merchandise. You can find the link to the store down in the description.